I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels. And I'm Dantes, better known as the Dawn of Beer. This week on the show, we'll be talking about winter beers for the holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And if you're feeling generous, visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. Don, happy holidays to you. Uh, sure. Whatever. Don! <laughs> I didn't think you were a Scrooge. But what if I told you- It's we like you talking... don't even know me. <laughs> but come on, man. But what if we're talking about winter beers and we're going to be talking with two great breweries about nerdy stuff, about mall and brewing oh. practices and festivals and things you love and respect. So what do you think? Uh, my heart just grew three sizes today. <laughs> Wonderful. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. If you'd like to help support the All About Beer podcast, reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Speaking of supporting the show, here is a word from our sponsors. Malt Europe Malting Company is based in North America, specializing in growing and producing quality malts for the craft beer and distilling industries. With local farms and malt houses spread across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, Malt Europe Malting Company's commitment to excellence is fully ingrained into every batch it produces, ensuring breweries and distilleries of any size can create the finest beverages on the planet. Visit malteuropemaltingco.com to learn how Malt Europe Malting Company can support your malting needs. Contact Malt Europe Malting Company at customer success at malteurope.com or dial 844-546-MALT for questions or to place your order. Estrella Galicia, where brewing excellence has been a family tradition since 1906. Today, the fifth generation proudly continues the brewery's legacy. Immerse yourself in the rich taste of Galicia with its traditional family recipe, brewed consistently with the same authentic ingredients and methods. Trust them to deliver traditional flavor that's like no other every single time. Estre Galicia is all about lager, rooted in German brewing heritage. Maintaining its commitment to tradition, they brew exclusively in their brewery in La Coruña. Each beer boasts its own distinctive recipe. No shortcuts, no compromises. Their passion for beer sets them apart as they embrace and celebrate the art of brewing. At Estrella Galicia, they love beer above all things. Experience the difference, sip by sip. Leah Wong Ashburn is the president slash CEO and second generation family owner of Highland Brewing Company in Asheville, North Carolina. Excuse me. She left a successful career in the printing industry to come join the family business in 2011 and took over from her father as brewery president and CEO in 2015. Welcome to the show, Leah. Hey, it's great to be here. So how you how long has Highland been around? You guys have been around for a while, right? Or yeah. I just, or like in like, it, I don't know, a while in craft beer is such a... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is that like more than five? Um, that's yeah, I know. It's like, oh, we've been around since 2018. We've been around forever. Um, but, um... <laughs> yeah, so we are. We've been around a while. Time six. Um, oh, we will okay. be 30 years old in 2024. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Elder statesman. I know. Wonderful. I know. That's Former wonderful. stateswoman, as the as states person. Yeah. Excuse me. Pardon my. Um, so has. Cold Mountain is your winter beer. When did that start being part of the equation in um, Highland Brewing? Yeah, just a couple years into our existence. So uh, Cold Mountain's 28. And oh yeah, uh, started out, you know, a, a different name and has, has been slightly different beers over its um, long lifetime. But there is a magic around it that is it is really wonderful for Highland and for the whole thousands of people that have come to drink it at the brewery and uh, look for it in the market. So we are unbelievably grateful for what this beer does. And um, for people who haven't had it, and I actually, I'm going to, I have never had it. I've had your beers there, wonder. Um, I do not live in a place where your beer sold. Um, how would you describe Colt Mountain in its current state? Um, so like, what are people looking for, for flavors or just you know, what, uh, what, what's the what beer like? Cold Mountain, it? Cold Mountain. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Don. Ooh, I mean, uh, I wish you could ask like a hundred of our guests that question. That'd be so much fun <laughs> to hear them. Answer. 
because they are so excited about it, the energy around it. So like, that's the, the magic of cold mountain is this like holiday energy around it. Mm-hmm. The beer itself is it's, it's a spiced winter ale and uh, it is a medium bodied, um, always has vanilla, always has um, a nut. The nut can change. It's always got some fruit component. Um, I believe it's always had cinnamon. I might be wrong on the always part there, but it is, it is pretty traditional. So the mix of those things can change um, and it always results in some magic that leads to a, a three-day party, uh, four days if you count the beer dinner, a frenzy in the market, and um, it's our biggest celebration of the year. It's awesome. Um, uh, go ahead, Don. Oh, I was just going to ask you, you mentioned, you know, some of the changes. What inspires those changes every year? Why Why did you, in the first instance, you know, 28 years ago, oh, we should change this beer every year. Um, and then are there limitations to that change? Like, is it is it um, the ingredients that are available to you or or just your inspiration that year? Or, or, or what's yeah, some of the thinking I think there? That's a good way to say it, Don, the, the inspiration for that year and um, and also the people that are involved that year. So we have opened it up to larger and smaller groups at Highland. So the staff that's involved in it. Um, so we'll have a, a tasting panel and folks can try different iterations of, you know, we quality, sensory, they're going to give it direction. Um, the brewers all give it direction, but then there might be some versions of it that come out to kind of refine that direction, figure out, you know, some of the preferences for that year. Um, so it's not just, um, you know, it's not like dad and I go out and be like, this beer has to be the same every year. And this is the way we like it. It's, there's a whole lot more, um, openness about it, which makes it really fun and brings more people into the process. Oh, I see. That's nice. So it's a collaboration between everybody. Every, I mean, that's what Christmas which and the holidays and winter is all about. You know, it's <laughs> about getting together. And, right. Yeah. I mean, that's the breweries themselves too. And, and just this beer in particular, it was, Asheville's first seasonal beer and that's a pretty mm. cool oh wow that's yeah oh, wow. I didn't yeah know we that. were Asheville's first brewery and mm. so it wouldn't you know kind of make sense that not yeah. too long after that we made the first seasonal beer and it has remained a seasonal the whole time there's some folks that say oh you should make this year round and we're like yeah cool absolutely not um, <laughs> <laughs> part, part of the magic is this like this launching of the holiday season and we hear these incredible stories about when people like who they ship it to, where they drive it to, who they share it with every single year. And it's, it's a really special. Oh, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is really awesome. But one of the other things you do is you do the cold mountain festival in November as Mm -hmm. a big release for this beer. Correct. So that's what, when did that start happening or has that always happened? And like tell me tell everyone a little bit about what goes on there because you you yeah. touched on it briefly but yeah um well it's it's a it's a good point to be made that we haven't always had a huge party um we haven't always had a huge space <laughs> to have a party in so um starting from a basement in downtown Asheville allowed us to have people and or you know, a truck and a rat and like all, all those things would happen in the same space downtown. And it really wasn't meant for guests. So we spent our first 12 or 13 years there and moved up here on the hill in 2006. Um, I think the tap room opened 2008. I think my husband argues with me on that date. Um, but that's when we started having like real space to have a party. Um, not in the production space that also comes with complications and safety issues and, you know, people and dogs getting into things that you really don't want them to be like that much of the brewing process. So so we, in this tap room, that's when we really started making it a big deal and um, growing it from one Thursday night in November to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then more recently, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the dinner on Thursday. So we pre-sell tickets. We have an incredible music lineup. And then all of the 
the varieties, all of the packages, all the merch, all of the pilot batches. So it's a fantastic time. Can you talk a bit about about the idea for a like a for a beer festival? I don't know if that's even the right word. Built around one beer, I think. You know, a lot of people think of GABF or whatever, where there's hundreds of beers. Like, do you get the beer geeks coming out, or is it people? Is it families wanting to kick off their their um, their Christmas celebration? Mm-hmm. It it is a lot of holiday kickoff. Um, we kind of guide families toward Sunday, especially that's, we are a really family friendly brewery, but, um, we've also learned over the years that focusing the family centered celebration on a Sunday just works better. So if we're going to have a three-day party, um, we guide those families to Sunday. Oh, I see. Uh, We have evening, we have a daytime and evening session on Friday and Saturday. So you get like a ticket, a pass for any one of those four sessions. So two Friday, two Saturday, or the one on Sunday. And there's, I mean, you just have to go in and see which bands are playing and which ones you want to listen to. Um, They're all so good. We knocked it out of the park this year. And I, I just wanted to see, like, I wanted to be in more than one place at one time. Um, And then food trucks are all over the place. Um, Just all the varieties of beer. So I guess, instead of a beer festival, it's, it's, um, a celebration of a beer and, um, yeah. And, and a music festival and tons of food are all around that. What are the pilot? Yeah. What are the pilot batches? Now I'm like, do you doing, I saw something about coconut cold mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we tend to do is we make spinoffs of, classic cold mountain and we tend to keep them at the brewery. So three of them got packaged. Um, There's coconut, there is chocolate hazelnut. And the third one, I'm over 50, so I can't remember a damn thing. Um, The third one, uh, oh, Imperial, of course. So we've done Imperial for maybe four years. So those go in 16 ounce cans. You can get a four pack of each one of those. We also did for the first time we did a variety pack, which, Hey, variety packs, like selling like crazy across the entire craft beer market. Right. And for the first time we did a variety pack with, uh, four coconuts, two Imperials and two chocolate hazelnut, and they sold amazing. And our packaging team loved it because we could automate the variety pack for the first time. Ah, ah so there's an <laughs> innovation. <win>. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very cool stuff. I did want to ask, so your winter ale and what I've realized about a lot of winter ales is that they're really high alcohol, but yours is not. It is 5.9%. Um, yeah. Was that a choice? Um, like why Why the lower ABV? I mean, 5.9 is not super low. It's not sessionable in any means, but I was just surprised um, to see that, you know, a lot of Christmas beers or winter beers are 11%, 10%. So, uh, yeah. What, um, what's the reasoning behind the lower alcohol level? Um, Em, I love that question because no one's ever asked quite that way, but the real reason is because cold mountain came out before pop the cap happened in North Carolina. So we couldn't even sell beers over 6%. Oh, right. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) That's how long it's been around. Wow. Yeah. And that and now you can do Imperial Cold Mountain, but now you, you that that was not even legal before. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a cool uh, this connection. Is, this is North Carolina beer law history in a can. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So there we have it. Uh, yeah, if you just come to Island, you will learn all kinds of history. Um, and then, you know, forward facing as well. So we're going to keep changing the ones that we package. We'll change uh, two of them next year, but I won't announce what I don't want to announce which ones yet. Okay. And we've always got the pilot batches too. like my favorite this year was breakfast and it was uh, maple. Oh, my God. It was just like the perfect amount of maple in it. And I put a touch of the smoked on top for sort of a maple bacon vibe. And I was so happy. Oh. <laughs> um, you talked about the great uh, kickoff party. What happens? Like, how do you predict 
what sales will look like and then what happens after Christmas? Do people still buy it? And, you know, I'm just wondering, I guess, the business side of it. Right. Um, well, we have this big, huge release at the brewery, uh, first or second weekend in November. And then the, and the classic Cold Mountain is gone as of Monday. So we sell it here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. There's four days that like basically there's public access to it at the brewery. Okay. It also hits the market on that Monday. But after that, the classic Cold Mountain's gone from the brewery and you can oh. get spin-offs. Oh, it's so well, limited. Just the four days. Wow. That really is. Just easy. the four days for package. <laughs> for package. Right. Yeah. Um, it's still on draft, but package goes away and we're just selling the the spinoffs in package after that Monday. And the rest of it, like it has already shipped to the market because at that time we're like, it's out of our hands. It is literally somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I've never heard of uh, seasonal being that uh, that limited. That's great. Yeah, you know how long it stays in the market? I mean, it's out of your hands. So you don't know, but like, I can't imagine. I, I, it sounds like you're doing everything right where I know that come December 26th, chains and whatnot, I don't know what the situation's down in uh, North Carolina, but like they're clamming for spring beers. <laughs> um, and so I, it sounds like you guys don't have that problem. Um, I, I hope not. No. Um, I would love for every bit of this beer to be sold by Christmas. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's, it's good to point out too, that um, we call it a seasonal and LTO. It's, it's really, I guess, fits into the LTO um, definition of better because we've got seasonal one seasonal lineup and, mm -hmm. and cold mountain is on top of that. So it's like this strain on our system it is the biggest pain for um, for storage for us. We're looking for where do we go to put all these kegs before and all these cans and bottles before they ship and um, before we have this big party. So it's a logistical challenge every year because it's on top of our regular seasonal and year round lineup. Oh, interesting. Okay, so yeah, and then for those LTO is what for those who are listening who are not limited time offer. Got it. All right. Thank you. It's like uh, the bonus track on a CD. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it's your bonus beer. Yeah, um, that is, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm learning so much about, I really like, I actually have more questions about the lower alcohol because <laughs> are people, do people want more Imperial or are they like cool with it being 5.9? Have you seen customers be like, I wish this were stronger or I, I gravitate towards the Imperial? I think there's, so Imperial is a very small amount compared okay. to the classic. And then we've got other spinoffs too. And those spinoffs are really in the same range as the classic. Um, we do a very small amount of barrel aged. It was, it was phenomenal sold out. You know, we had one keg a day and it was mm. gone within a couple Ooh. hours. Um, so it's amazing. That's going to be in that, you know, like nine to 11%. But the vast majority of the audience is like, you know, they're coming here and they want to spend four hours and they want to see all the bands. They want to eat the food. They want to, you know, go to the different areas of the brewery. Maybe they want to wa watch one of the three volleyball tournaments that we held over the, the festival. So, you know, 5.9 is like, that's, that's a good spot to be. I don't want people walking around with an 11% all day long. <laughs> sure. Um, I wanted to know, ask, you know, just even though it's quite limited, have you seen a growth in this beer in this style i think the cynical people would say oh everybody wants just wants an ipa 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 does this style sell well do people still like it they do they do and it is it's become um such a tradition for so many folks and uh i i hold on to it with with a lot of there's so much emotion around this beer. I mean, it's financially, it's very important to us. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is. Um, it, but also it's, it's not a huge quantity because it goes so quickly. Like, you, you know, you can do the math. If you have yeah. a beer that sells out in four days, like, yes, it does great, but it's not going to, it's not a big part of our entire financial picture. Right. Um, it's just kind of the quantity that we're able to do in that short window is impressive. And so hanging on to that magic 
is the only way to keep this, the success, you know, to continue. Um, it's, it's been so rewarding um, to see a beer continue to have this, this following and this excitement around it. And, and know it's a really rare thing. Like there are a lot of beers out there that everyone would, would clamor for. And uh, it, it's not happening nearly as much. So we yeah. have to continue to, you know, um, evolve the celebration and make it something that people still want to gather around. And um, so well, I hope we're I admire your restraint too, because I think a lot of breweries would say, oh, look, we sold out of this beer in four days. We should, we should make oh, let's twice make as much and sell for yeah. eight days or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyways, sorry to interrupt <laughs> you there. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's very true. Yeah. Go ahead. Em. No, that was, I mean, my last, I was, my last question was, where do you see the future of this beer? I mean, are you like Don said, are you going to make more of it? Are you going to keep it small? Are you going to expand the festival or just keep going as is? I mean, it sounds like you keep using the word magic, which I really like because there is sounds like something magical about this beer and its relation to the brewery. So I don't know, like, you know, changing it is collaborative. It's about the spirit of the holidays, the magic of the holidays. I didn't know if there was any kind of future of what you saw hoping for this beer, you know, keeps people keep drinking it or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we could, we can still grow the, um, the party that happens here. Uh, mm -hmm. we had to change it when COVID happened, obviously. So we had this tiny ticketed event and we kept the ticketing because then we know exactly how many people are coming. We can better plan for parking we used to have like this remote parking that just kind of became really difficult to manage. And um, so we're giving like an amazing guest experience at every cold mountain um, like pass holder gets this amazing experience. So hanging on to that is, is now critical. It used to be like, come one, come all like as yeah. many as pack in. And now it's like, no, let's give them an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the lines used to be, out the door and the bathroom line and the cask line would cross each other in the tap room and you were, you know, elbowing people in the ribs. And it's, it's not that anymore. It's like, we, we have uh, grown it into this, um, I don't know, more enjoyable for our staff, more enjoyable for our guests and, um, and just a, just a great time, the level of talent and the music. So yes, keep the magic, like you were saying. And I, we do not plan to make a lot more cold mountain, you know, we might mm -hmm. end it up here and there, but uh, there's, there's no way that I would want to kind of dilute it <laughs> literally or yeah. physically. Yeah. And, and that sort of limited time period makes it, makes it really spectacular. I think that's something to, to hold on to pretty tightly. Awesome. It's wonderful. I now I I'd love to try it one day, Don. I think that uh, add this to our list of yes, things we need to <laughs> add it to our long to. list of travel. <laughs> um, I'm well, sure you have a very long list, but yes, you are absolutely invited, and we already have dates. <laughs> oh, okay. When are what are so for our listeners? What are the dates for next year? If you can, uh, yeah, bring it up my calendar right now. So going launching into late 2024, it will be November 8 through 10. All right. Mm -hmm. Don, put it on your calendar if we can make it. I wrote it down. All right. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Leah, if people want to learn more about Highland Brewing, um, how should they reach out uh, social media or website? What's the best way for people to learn uh, all about your brewery? Uh, all about the brewery. Go to highlandbrewing.com. And if you look under beers, then you'll find Cold Mountain and there's a little more there. Um, if you want to learn about the party, probably social is going to have all the pictures and more things for you to check out. So uh, we've got a huge campus here at the brewery. So there's a lot going on. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of the holiday season to speak with us about your brewery and cold mountain and uh happy holidays and uh thank you so much for your time thank you it's a pleasure and thanks don thank you leah estrella galicia where brewing excellence has been a family tradition since 1906 today the fifth generation proudly continues the brewery's legacy immerse yourself in the rich taste of galicia with its traditional family recipe brewed consistently with the same authentic ingredients and methods Trust them to deliver traditional flavor that's like no other 
every single time. Estrella Galicia is all about lager, rooted in German brewing heritage. Maintaining its commitment to tradition, they brew exclusively in their brewery in La Coruña. Each beer boasts its own distinctive recipe. No shortcuts, no compromises. Their passion for beer sets them apart as they embrace and celebrate the art of brewing. At Estrella Galicia, they love beer above all things. Experience the difference, sip by sip. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. Malt Europe Malting Company is based in North America, specializing in growing and producing quality malts for the craft beer and distilling industries. With local farms and malt houses spread across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, Malt Europe Malting Company's commitment to excellence is fully ingrained into every batch it produces, ensuring breweries and distilleries of any size can create the finest beverages on the planet. Visit MaltEuropeMaltingCo.com to learn how Malt Europe Malting Company can support your malting needs. Contact Malt Europe Malting Company at customer success at MaltEurope.com or dial 844-546-MALT for questions or to place your order. Ben Case is currently the Innovation Brewing Manager at Deschutes Brewery, overseeing pilot plant, pub brewing, and barrel age operations. Before that, he had been a brewer, a cellar manager, head brewer at the Portland Pub, and barrel program manager, all at Deschutes. Ben received his bachelor's degree from Penn State University and has a diploma in brewing from the Institute of Brewing and Distilling. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks for having me. So um, how long has Deschutes been making Jubilee like you because you you're OG guys you've been around for many many moons when did this beer start being your winter seasonal or is it is it seasonal or is it a limited beer what's where does it fall within your realm of beer so it's one of our one of our seasonals it typically uh, you'll see it start to hit the shelves in October and um, it, we usually wrap the season up around the end of the year. So um, w- one of the shorter time spans compared to some of our other seasonals out there. But um, yeah, one of the interesting things about Jubilee is that this was Deschutes' very first seasonal. Uh, oh, uh. Jubilee was brewed in 1988, uh, the first year of operation of our Ben Pub. Wow. So it's, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an it's OG. OG. It's an elder states person, like I said before. Um, that's like, I don't know. I can't think of another. I mean, I'm sure there are other breweries, but that's having a seasonal that's been done year after year after year. That's like almost 40 years old is pretty yeah. epic. And that's, it, that's that something epic. that you definitely pat yourself on the back for that one. It's, um, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see that it's uh, stuck around as long as it has. Um, just kind of. Leading up to this podcast, I was looking around and found a newspaper clipping uh, kind of talking about Deschutes, uh, the pub, in the first year of operation. And they called out that at that point, I think Deschutes had produced about 40 barrels of beer. But um, talking about this new seasonal that's coming up that we made 35 cases of. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) the first run was uh, hand filled in. reused uh obviously sanitized but uh reused champagne bottles that they uh that they uh hand wow whoa and i like that you you had made 40 barrels of beer which you know that's probably you know half of a batch for you (laughs) i bet yeah whoa that's pretty pretty cool but yeah this was kind of when um when gary and john harris uh original brewmaster uh, we're talking about spinning a seasonal up. This is Jubilee was kind of the first, uh, the first stab of what came out of that. So how you, is, I, how is that beer brewed? So what, how has it changed? I guess I have two questions. Yeah. I'm sure the beer has changed massively in the many, many years that you have brewed it. But when we talk about it now, how is this beer brewed? Like, what do you guys, is it 
what are you using for malts? Is it spiced? Are you, you know, like what's, how is, how is Jubilee just burnt? That's my question. Yeah. It's actually not changed a ton since the um, uh, original brew in 1988. The ABV has come up a little bit. Some of the specialty malts have uh, changed. Uh, a couple of the hops have changed, but I would say that the the malt and hop flavor and aroma targets are pretty similar to uh, that original recipe from the Ben Pub. Uh, so yeah, just a quick rundown on the malt side. Um, outside of the two-row malt, we're really driving the malt flavors and aromas with a couple different uh, caramel malts. Uh, we're doing a C75, a C150, a little bit of roasted barley, uh, and then some extra special malt uh, from Brees. And Does it uh, have a base style? Like, are you targeting, or is this just since it's been gone for so long that this it's, is just, it's its own animal? Yeah, and I kind of, I think of it, and one of the reasons I was excited for this podcast, I feel like winter warmer Everybody kind of knows what it is, but it's not an official BA style. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of something that is open to interpretation. I would say that ours um, took its cue from uh, like the Young's Winter Warmer, um, Sam Smith, although Gary uh, in an earlier interview said that they also took some cues from uh, Sierra Nevada Celebration uh, Polliner, Salvatore, and some of the kind of other uh, robust imports of the time. But uh, the intention when it was originally created was to have something that, um, you know, check the box of a winter warmer in the sense of a higher, higher gravity beer, but also just a richer uh, malt presentation. And, and spicy. Yeah, those those caramel malts definitely help help drive that. Uh, when I think of this beer, I think of that uh, that C one fifty kind of drives a lot of what I expect with Jubilee in terms of that dried fruit, uh, um, getting a little bit of uh, kind of toffee. That extra special malt I think helps out a lot with that as well. I'm just getting some of that toffee prune. Um, yeah. Pretty it's rich, really, rich. Yeah. It's cool to see you lean really hard on malt. You yeah, know, I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't know <laughs> when people are talking about Christmas beers or any beer in general, usually we're talking about the hops or we're talking about spices or adjuncts, but to see, to hear you rather like get really excited. I mean, I don't know anyone who's ever been excited about C-150. <laughs> caramel, caramel malt definitely seems like uh, it's, it is not as prominent as uh, it was 15, 20 years ago, it just in general. But mm -hmm. uh, this beer is definitely uh, a showcase for it. It's awesome. So you, you kind of talked about how winter warmer is kind of open to interpretation. So speaking of that, uh, can you talk about how uh, Deschutes likes to kind of riff on Jubileo with like Imperial versions or are there... Do you sometimes do yeah. limited edition taproom versions or anything like that? Yeah, um, it's to me another one of the things that just makes this of all the seasonals that we have and all the ones we've done just really the unique one. Um, we, I'd say one of our earlier ventures into doing a really high gravity beer was inspired by Jubilee. Uh, in the early years of the Ben Pub, uh, there was a break in and somebody tried to get a keg they got a keg of jubilee out of the building um but apparently there was a lot of snow on the ground it was pretty cold and they didn't uh, get too far with the keg and so uh, the next morning gary and john found the keg and a portion of the of the water had frozen in the oh. keg just due to the temperature and so um like any good brewers they tried it and uh, really liked what just that concentration uh, had done to the beer. And so that kind of inspired a higher strength Jubal Ale, which was referred to as Super Jubal. Uh, they would they would brew that at the pub every year, uh, just like a once-off batch. Oh, okay. And it was, when I started at Deschutes, it was, it was kind of a, uh, a challenge for the brewers. If you were, if you were brewing down at the Ben Pub at the time and you, uh, you got a chance to brew 
Super Jubal, it was, uh, you know, your opportunity to kind of see how big you could get it that year. But um, yeah, that, so we, we did that super, we'll still do that every once in a while down at the Ben pub. But in 2000, uh, our first kind of larger scale packaged uh, barrel aged beer was Jubal 2000. And yeah, that, that kind of turned into this once every 10 years, we, uh, in 2010, we did another barrel aged uh, kind of Imperial version of Jubal Ale. And then again in 2015. Now uh, we did one in 2020 as well, but now it's kind of spun into a project that uh, we call Cherry's Jubal Ale, which is kind of that Imperial Jubal Ale recipe, uh, partly aged in wine barrels and then uh, refermented with Montmorency cherries and uh, aged in on vanilla bean. So I have to ask, how high ABV did Super Jubal get? What's what was it? What did you guys top out at? Oh, I'd have to I'd have to look back through the brew records, but I def, I definitely remember seeing some ten plus percent uh, okay. ABVs on the on that base beer. I I love that 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 story of the stolen cat. Like that's a great story. <laughs> that and you beer, made good out of bad. Yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. an accident. You know, I mean, it's essentially the ice buck story, yeah, exactly. but a modern a modern take on it. It's it's very it's just very charming. I mean, that you got broken into that sucks, but it's a very unique and interesting story. I really I also I really, want to say that I love the name Super Jubal, and I also love the name. Cherry's Jubal. <laughs> so kudos to whoever thought yeah, of those names. We lost a stereo and uh, oh, okay. maybe some meat out of the uh, out of the walk-in, but uh, meat yeah. you got lost. Oh, so the person <laughs> took a keg, a stereo, and some meat. Yeah, pretty great party. Yeah, but yeah, I like how it turned up, and it, you know, a stereo is a stereo, but a super yep. jubal is forever. So I like I we, like that. We came out on top of it. In the, <laughs> yeah, I in think the you guys. Yeah, it really. <laughs> Somebody somewhere is sitting around, you know, with a friend saying, "Oh, there's this what you know, you know that brewery they shoots and they make that jubal." I tried to steal a cake of theirs once, <laughs> <laughs> and they made a beer out of it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make a stupid joke. No, it's fine, Don. I'm used to it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to you, Em. Yeah, so actually, I know Don is really interested about this as well, is I have heard the label art changes every year. It does. Um, yeah. Do you work with a different artist? And then why Why is that? Uh, that started, so the first, let me think about this, up until 95. So uh, the first seven years had a, I would say, very similar, but it, it even in that time, it was a wreath kind of around uh, the Jubilee logo. And that changed up a little bit. But then starting in 1995, we started engaging uh, Oregon artists to uh, to do the label art. And uh, Gary said that one of the drivers for that was that, you know, we, we kind of thought of the beer as fine art and taken a cue from the wine industry, uh, mm -hmm. wanting to use that label as as another canvas basically and um yeah use it as a once a year opportunity to create some art and and tap some local artists that we really liked does does the shoots give any guidance on it like like you, that you want something featured each year or or is it really just a, a canvas as you say a blank canvas for, for an artist to showcase what they do yeah it starts as a blank slate um there is a little bit of uh guidance and conversation um once once that artist is narrowed down, there might be there might be some slight tweaks here and there. Um, I know Gary saying that originally the inspiration um, it's you know we call Jubal a festive winter ale, and so uh, looking for pieces that help to kind of encapsulate that feeling. Uh, but beyond that, it's gone in all we've done print media, we've done paintings, collage. Uh, this paint marbling technique for one of the years that was really cool. Uh, it's yeah, it's basically sky's the limit. 
Okay. Is that with I, Super Jubal as well, or just does that change when you when you the, package it, or does that have label has changed over the years? Um, okay. but it's not an every year. Got it. Uh, yeah, it's true. I just didn't know if you were what anytime you brewed it, it changed kind of similar to the Jubal Ale. I I don't yep. want to tell what your market tell your marketing department what to do or your merchandising department what to do, but uh, all of those labels would make a very good poster. We uh, did a puzzle this year for the first time. Uh, puzzle! Oh, <laughs> no, your merchandising department is one step ahead of me. That's God. That is that is a I handsome was, gift. I was so thrilled that uh, when I heard that we were doing that, because yeah, uh, a lot of those labels have a really special place in my heart. Uh, yeah. Do you, so do to, you have, have a to have them all in a puzzle? It's checking several boxes. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a do you have a favorite from over the years or? Is there one year that you're like, oh yeah? There, there are a couple uh, that that I think of uh, with that question. The 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 one from 2004 into 2005. That was the first year I started working at the shoots, and um, so that one always just has kind of a special uh, special feel to it for me. Uh, the year that, and I'll have to look back. I want to say this was 2009. Uh, but it was a year that the artist made a, a collage of this uh, kind of winter scene with this band uh, out in front of a, a lamppost. And the collage is made entirely out of former Jubilee labels. Oh, that was oh cool. Pretty incredible. Oh, I love art. Is, art is great. Yes. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an artist. Art no. is like the things that people can do. And like the, the idea, creativity. Like these, yeah. And to source, you know, you get this idea and then you have to source all the old labels. and Oh, that's amazing. Mm. Oh, wonderful. Amazing. I love that. It's really cool. And the next time you're in Bend and you take a tour of the brewery, uh, every brewery tour wraps up walking through our Jubilee Hall of Fame. So we have all of those, all of those pieces framed uh, so you can take a look at them. Okay. Oh, awesome. very cool. That's awesome. Uh, I have uh, a nerd question go, to go away from art. I have a nerd question. Um, does Jubileo and winter warmers more generally, do they cellar okay or should they be consumed fresh? We, I would say the answer to that is yes. Uh, okay. We, <laughs> we, uh, we run a longer code date on Jubileo than a lot of our other beers. It's actually, uh, we do a 200 day code date for hmm. for jubal along similar to black bee porter and obsidian stout uh and that's something that we've proven out over the years that um it's it's quite stable in the package uh with jubal ale uh with the bottle changing every year and despite the fact that we're targeting the same beer every year there is definitely um a there's a idea out there that Jubal changes every year. And so a lot of people will hold on to um, just the, the 6.7% standard Jubal Ale. They'll hold on to bottles over the years. And um, I'm always surprised how well it stands up. I mean, granted, I try to keep mine in the fridge just to kind of maximize that runway. But yeah, um, yeah it, it stands up really well. There's always a uh, there's always a race in Central Oregon amongst uh, retailers to see who's the first one to get Jubilee on the shelf, and I've definitely seen uh, some retailers hold on to beer from the prior year and and get it out there, which oh, oh. made my yeah that's <laughs> not bizarre. a yeah that's, that's not, not a... Purpose, um, they they know uh, how to how to store it, so it's okay. it's actually been like been pretty good. Okay. okay. Well, that's good. Cause yeah, that's a, a nightmare for a sales rep. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I have one last question for you. Um, do you think winter ales have any cachet now? So like, what do you think winter ale means in 2023 versus when Jubilee came out in the late eighties or even say, you know, 2010 or 2011. Um, do you think that Jubilee is beloved because it's a nostalgic beer? Or do you think that like, you know, this beer just has a lasting tradition that is because it's still I've had it. It's delicious. So. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a really interesting question. We every year, our uh, sensory program manager, uh, Amanda Benson, will do a winter winter beer tasting for our sensory panel and we'll kind of collect everything that we can get our hands on 
And that exercise has been interesting to watch over the years because we've definitely seen a slide towards more, um, I would say, like hoppy red ales that mm -hmm. uh, people are putting in that slot, which I, makes total sense with where the industry's gone. Uh, for the appeal for Jubal Ale, uh, I think it's a part of its establishment, I think, has, has been really helpful for that. And I think that for a lot of people, myself included, you just know that when you see that and it's that time of year, it just evokes the, a lot of those feelings of um, winter and, and winter in Oregon for me and, and years past. And so it just kind of helps, uh, helps that sense of place. Awesome. Yeah, it does feel it's got a real for people who haven't been to Bend. There is that lovely like winter, especially with the mountains and the volcano, the sisters and the way that it's settled. Um, I've never been there in the winter time, but I can imagine it's a, a beautiful place and a wonderful place to enjoy a jubilee. So, um, yeah, coming off the coming off the mountain, you know, back into town and going to the pub and uh, getting a pint, especially if we have the nitrogenated version on tap is just um, yeah, nitro jubile. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> Don, add it to your list. We have to yep. go to Bend in the winter now. Yep. Twist my arm. We'll fly uh, there so, from Highland. It's yeah, we've yeah, we uh we spoke to uh, Leah from Highland Brewing and um about winter ales previously. And so yeah, we've got a we've got a winter ale tour, I guess. Maybe uh 2025 we'll come and visit. That would be wonderful. So that would be great. Yeah, please let me know. I'd love to show you around the brewery. Wonderful. Uh Don, any other questions for Ben? I do not. Uh, well, Ben, thank you so much for teaching us about the history of Jubilee and how it's I just I'm I'm just more surprised at what a love letter to malt that winter ales can be, especially Jubilee. So and the fact that there's a nitro version just makes me very pleased. Uh, so I appreciate um, all your insight and uh, happy holidays. My pleasure. Yeah. Happy holidays to you as well. So, Don, what'd you learn today? Uh... I learned a lot and I didn't realize how fundamental um, winter warmer was to the long standing uh, seasonal programs of, of both of our, our guests. But can I, can I, can I, can I sort of um, do a little bit of a side turn? Here? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what's up? You, you used to live not too far from Bend in, in Eugene. I did. I lived over the volcano. Uh, have you heard the urban legend about the, Deschutes Jubilee uh, label. I have. So apparently, according to Bend legend, the amount of snow on the label is supposed to correspond with the amount of snow the city and the area is supposed to get. Yes. So it's if the label has label. has a ton of snow on a rooftop, let's say, then they're going to get a lot of snow. I don't know right. how accurate this is, but I really love the fact that like both the uh, people we talk to and the breweries and the beers have such tradition. Yes. And it's become such a part of the culture of their, of both their communities in the case of Highland with their party. And in the case of, of Deschutes with, with, you know, how much snow we're going to get. Yeah. How much I snow. Think that's amazing. And then like lore about that stolen keg. And you know, that, that feels to me like the story of Icebox where the person left the beer out in the, you know, in the snow and it froze and then yes. you know, it's a happy accident. All it's very, very, um, I love the the long it's it it's very tantamount to the holiday spirit you know <laughs> that's what it feels like it feels like you know Christmas is all about tradition and certain things that we do and holiday beers winter beers have the same cachet and like I love that they warm your heart as much as they warm your palate exactly and with that uh, we hope you will visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer Again, if you're feeling generous, visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. If you have questions for the experts, email us, podcast at allaboutbeer.com. That's also the email for feedback, suggestions, or to inquire about supporting this show through advertising. Don, how can people reach out to you? I am at the Dawn of Beer on X threads and Instagram. And I always love talking about beer. So people can email me at dawn at the dawn of beer.com. How about you, Em? I am at Pints and Panels across all social media. And my website is www 
www.pintsandpanels.com. Uh, before we go, here is a word from our sponsor. Malt Europe Malting Company is based in North America, specializing in growing and producing quality malts for the craft beer and distilling industries. With local farms and malt houses spread across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, Malt Europe Malting Company's commitment to excellence is fully ingrained into every batch it produces, ensuring breweries and distilleries of any size can create the finest beverages on the planet. Visit MaltEuropeMaltingCode.com to learn how Malt Europe Malting Company can support your malting needs. Contact Malt Europe Malting Company at customer success at MaltEurope.com or dial 844-546-MALT for questions or to place your order. Estrella Galicia, where brewing excellence has been a family tradition since 1906. Today, the fifth generation proudly continues the brewery's legacy. Immerse yourself in the rich taste of Galicia with its traditional family recipe, brewed consistently with the same authentic ingredients and methods. Trust them to deliver traditional flavor that's like no other every single time. Estrella Galicia is all about lager, rooted in German brewing heritage. Maintaining its commitment to tradition, they brew exclusively in their brewery in La Coruña. Each beer boasts its own distinctive recipe. No shortcuts, no compromises. Their passion for beer sets them apart as they embrace and celebrate the art of brewing. At Estrella Galicia, they love beer above all things. Experience the difference, sip by sip. Don, cheers and happy holidays. May your cheers. season oh. be warm oh. and bright with good beer. May your heart be full and may your cup runneth over. You are you are so kind. You actually surprised me with how kind you are. And I almost interrupt. I did interrupt you. So um, but I am not as eloquent as you. So I will just say cheers and happy holidays. Em. Happy holidays, everybody.